Hey, this is Jim Graham from the Masculine Journey Podcast, where we explore relationship instead of religion every week. Your chosen Truth Network podcast is starting in just a few seconds. Enjoy it, share it, but most of all, thank you for listening and for choosing the Truth Podcast Network. This is the Truth Network. She's real fine, my 409. She's real fine, my 409, my 409. Welcome to the Christian Car Guy radio show. I say this calls for action, and now... Good morning and welcome to Christian Car Guy Radio. This morning we've got a, going to be a great morning. We're going to kind of dive into a few things that uh, may surprise you to talk about, but uh, I think it's going to be, be pretty pretty awesome, pretty enjoyable. The topic this morning is me, my car, family, and faith. And I'm going to sort of throw out a question, and if you have a, an experience that you had with with your car, inside your car, you know, give us a call. Let us know about it. I mean, there's times when I was growing up to how important it was to get in the car as a family, spend time together, no tablets, no cell phones and everything else. But I was connecting with my parents. Well, over the the past, I don't know, multiple years now, we're living in a society that has just is not doing that. And I think parents are failing their kids. And I think uh, grandparents are failing their kids in a lot of ways. Teachers are. Just society's just just not doing what we should do to, to equip our kids to be good citizens, introducing them to Jesus Christ. Because I sit there, and I'm going to get on the soapbox a little bit. When I sit there and you see what happens in these schools and, and in these neighborhoods with the shootings and stuff, you know, that just, for one thing, it breaks my heart. And the other piece is, where's the parental guidance and and what are these kids do they know the difference between right and wrong if there's ever been taught to them you know as you sit there and i watch the numbers for kids involved in church and is there you know from from middle school to, to senior high school to college how those numbers have dropped over the years but also you know there's something that runs pretty parallel in the opposite direction is we see those increases in teen violence teen suicides crime, I think there's a coalition there. I think there, there's there's a connection there, and we just sort of don't understand our role as Christians and followers of Jesus Christ and ambassadors of the, the gospel. I had a buddy of mine who's military background, uh, served in uh, uh, as a Navy SEAL, but however, after pulling a few tours, he became an instructor. But probably 25 years ago or so, he was by the shop. By the way, I'm Jerry Mathis, Ray's Body Shop and Record Service, filling in for Robbie Dillmore this morning. But one of the things he told me was, he made a statement that kind of stuck with me and kind of shocked me when he, when he said it. He said, you know, we're training our kids to be killers. And I thought, wow, what do you mean? How are we training our kids to be killers? And he said... 
every parent's allowing their kids to, and this is when these games first started coming out, the Mortal Kombat, the Grand Theft Auto. He said, we're allowing our kids, elementary kids, preschool kids, to sit down behind a computer or a screen of some sort and play those games for hours upon hours. And he said, part of my training was that for 48 hours I had to sit behind a screen and just about exactly identical to these games, I had to play it. 48 hours at a time, one thing you do is get water. But what I ended up doing over the course of time is you just just reprogram, you, 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 just, you just change your whole thought process. So picking up a gun or any type of violence on somebody was no longer that emotional tie anymore. And you think about it, how many parents out there even know what kind of games our kids are playing and what it's doing to our kids and what it's doing to their reasoning capacity and what they consider to be right and wrong because after a while, it all becomes a game. And this morning, as I said, we're going to talk about a little bit being in our car and stuff. And I've got in the studio with me Bill Mixon, which, uh, Bill, go ahead and introduce yourself. I don't think it's going to take much of an introduction. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. We're filling in for Robbie this week. And also, I've got Mark Flint. And Mark is, if you will wonder where that name and everything, I'm going to tell you why, why, how you'll know Mark. Pulliam's Hot Dogs and Barbecue. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's good to be here this morning. And real quick as we get ready to go into that, I just want to kind of flash back a little bit on, on Pulliam's. Just tell me a little bit of back history with that and, and your role in that. And I've been around a long time. Yeah, we've been in business since 1910. Been in the the uh, store, the bit, the building we are in now was built in 1938. Uh, it's been in the family all those years, and we've just been blessed with all the the to be open as long as we have been, and to have the people that come in to visit with us, and just to hear some of the old stories and look at the. Stuff memorabilia on the wall that goes way back. So now there's a story about a vice president detoured his plane to come have a hot dog there. Well, now Bill France used to do that a whole lot, but there was Eisenhower that did mm -hmm. it years ago and had a lady come by one day when Dad was still alive, and she had a picture of Eisenhower standing out front and said that no, she wanted to give it to Daddy, but. Never saw her again. So. <laughs> yeah, got a picture of Eisenhower out there in the front of it. He had come to town to to talk, do a speech, whatnot. That's for my time. So he may have just been in to get his hot dog. I don't know, but yeah, Bill would just fly up just to get a hot dog. Yeah, for one of his birthdays, y'all did something pretty, or, or his family did something pretty special for Bill back uh, back in the days down in. Yeah, they built a replica of. Williams inside the marina down there and flew me down there to make hot dogs for his 65th birthday. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty awesome he story. Was, yeah, he, he loved that place. They, people say that the, over there in the corner where there's some drink machines now, they said there's probably no telling what NASCAR rules was made over in that corner with Ralph Seagraves. I can remember as a kid Ralph Seagraves and Bill Sr. and Jr. and all of them stand over in the corner eating. T. Wayne Robertson said there was no telling what kind of rules was made over in that corner. But what's the hot dog record at Pulliam's now? 18. 18 hot dogs. Yep, if anybody wants to break it, it's 19 hot dogs. you got to do it in 65 minutes. We actually had a <laughs> customer come up 
about two weeks ago and went out there on the stumps. We have stumps sitting out there on the side. He went out there to eat his hot dogs, and he ate 10 of them in about 30 minutes. And then Bert that works along <laughs> with me, Bert, she uh, went out there and said, if you can eat nine more in less than 30 minutes, you can break the record and get them free. <laughs> but if you don't, if you don't eat the nineteen, you got to pay for them. <laughs> I actually had a guy one time that came in there and he broke the record. He ate twelve hot dogs. But back then we had, I don't know if you remember the new grapes in the long neck. Mm-hmm. We had new grape in long neck bottles, and he drank seven new grapes. <laughs> I told Roland, I said that the boy Roland, I said if you would have laid off a couple of them new grapes, you could have got you another hot dog in. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I don't think I can handle it. They're good, but I can't handle that. That's for yeah. sure. Well, going back into to what I was going to talk about as far as just as a jumping point for the, just the sanity of this this world and stuff, I sit there and always go back to a couple of scriptures that kind of, as I raised my daughter, Taylor, and I always tried to make sure that I was involved in her life and continue to do, and, and, and Bill will confess this, and also Mark will, our kids are always our kids, and, and age is just, our relationship changes a little bit, but they're still our kids. But in Deuteronomy uh, 6, 6 through 9, these commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts, impress them on your children, talk about them when you're at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them to your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. As a parent, we need to make sure we are teaching our kids about right and wrong. And the most important thing is about Jesus' grace. And as we get ready to go into the you know Easter season, I, I just you know often wonder, and I'm going to ask Bill and, and, and Mark this also, how many times do you think that a family sits down as a family and just reads the, you know, you, you always hear, you know, the Christmas story. You sit down and you read the Christmas story because it's all, all encouraging and all that stuff. The birth of a baby and and our Lord and Savior. But how many do you think sits down and reads the Easter story? How many kids today understand what we're fixing to celebrate? I'm not sure. There's a lot because it's all about now. It's about the the candy and the chocolate and the bunny and time off and family meals, but really not much about yeah the death and resurrection of our lord and savior when we come back we're going to kind of dive into how we're able to use and if you have a, a story about how you use your car to grow your relationship with our lord and savior and also grow your relationship with your family give us a call it's a call-in show and the phone number is 866-348-7884 Listening to the Truth Network and TruthNetwork.com. Welcome back to Christian Car Guy Radio. Again, this is a call-in show, 866-348-7884. Again, I'm Jerry Mathis from Ray's Body Shop and Record Service. I got Bill Mixon, 
Mark Flint with me this morning, and we were just talking about our kids and stuff and our responsibility. I'm going to read one more passage before we kind of kick it over and just kind of go into some of these things, how we're able to use, and things that's kind of died by the wayside a little bit as far as the culture we live in. It comes from uh, Titus 2.7, and it says, Show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works, and in your teaching show integrity and dignity. What that tells me is, you know, Sometimes it isn't sitting down with with our kids or sitting down with other people and opening the Bible and just just going over. You know they need to see that in our lives. You know we can we can preach it, we can talk about it, but if they don't see it in our lives, then it isn't real for them and stuff. So that's another one of the responsibilities I think we have. And as I mentioned, you know if you have a story of being in your car and how it was able to bring you closer to God and also how to bring your family together. I can tell you, and I don't know if anybody else does this, there's times when even when I'm at the shop or I can even be at home or and I just get in my car when I just need to have away time with with God. I can't tell you how many times I've sat in there and read a devotion just sitting in the seat of my car. I'll get in it and, and drive down the road, park, go pull over somewhere and just look at the scenery and read a devotion. You know, sometimes my automobile is, you know, we all have, and it's important to have a, you know, a lot of people talk about a, closed, a closet, a prayer closet. Well, sometimes mine is on four wheels. A lot of times it's on four wheels. But when I sit there and I was growing up and I think about it, and I know Mark's going to share some of these stories because it's it's just powerful and it'll kind of stick. You don't think that much about it. Back when I was a, a kid, it was like on a weekend See, I, but I'm thinking it was on Sundays. It used to be open on Sundays. Correct. And we'd get in the car after church, especially with my mom. My mom was, you know, I had a, had a drug problem when I was was young. My mom was going to drag me to church every time the doors were open. And the big tree would be we'd go to Pulliam's, get a hot dog. And at the time they had the, the, the ice cream. If, if we behaved, you'd get ice cream. <laughs> we had to share it also. Had, had There was enough of us we had to share but we'd sit out there and sometimes just back up and sit in the car. And at the time, there was a lot of plane traffic from Smith Reynolds Airport. We'd sit there and just watching planes come in and out and landing because you could see it over the backside of where the railroad tracks are from from the restaurant there. But it was just time that I, I always cherished. And I even told Mark over the years how much I can remember doing that. And I remember when my daughter was young, a couple of times we'd just come up there and would sit out on the stumps, and I would just talk to her about when I did that as growing up and stuff. But it was a time that, you know what, there wasn't, you know, our phones and our our, our tablets have sort of taken over our lives as adults, but we've also allowed it to have, take over the lives of our kids. I can go in a restaurant, and I'm sitting there, and I can watch somebody at the table, a family, maybe a mom and a dad and a one or two kids, and they never even look at each other because they, all of them are, are either texting or reading texts or doing something on their their phone. But to me, I always go back to the, those times of just, just being with family and just kind of just talking about life and just slowing down and enjoying the company of our family. I mean, Mark will probably tell you, he's probably got stories that walk through those doors every day you're open who can tell those because it made an impact. Yeah, we've got, yeah, like you said, it's years ago when we had the ice cream stuff, and I, I can remember myself growing up, and 
I'm sure you remember you used to go up there and eat ice cream and watch the Blue Angels. Oh yeah, the Blue Angels used to come to town and. That Once a year, that was the that was the that was the yep. big event. And things would fly right over the store, and people just sitting out on their tailgates in their cars on blankets and whatnot. I mean, it was we we've been blessed over the years, and good Lord's looked after us and put us where we are. And of course, in this day and time, society's got so hard to even be able to to make it or Break it, I mean, you know yourself. I mean, it's just crazy out there now as far as people and, and losing sight of the good Lord and Jesus. And, and, and one thing about the kids, I mean, we always, you know, if, if we're in the car or something, of course, your wife's a little bit better than I am at it. My wife Sharon, she's, you know, in this day and time, even if the grandkids say, look, me, me, it, something out there that, maybe a pretty tree or something and she might mention that yeah that's good lord's work you know to kindly throw in a perspective that that you know this is these things out here are created by god and and let them know that there is a god and and whatnot to to praise him for what we do have the pretty skies and let the kids know that the trees the people whatnot you know and just and not a negative type of thing yeah, sometimes we just need to slow down, as you mentioned. I think that that's one of the things I always remember is that we would just slow down. And as you talk about the time the air show was there and the Blue Angels were there, I remember multiple times we'd go, and, of course, the parking lot would be packed. So you couldn't get in, but we'd park across the street, and as you said, yeah. had a blanket and walk over there or, or have – I was the oldest, so I was wanting to get to walk over and buy the hot dog so we didn't cross the street. But just sit there and just slow down. It's just just today we live in a culture that is so fast-paced. We just don't slow down and enjoy enjoy life and also enjoy our relationships with our kids and take the opportunity to, to, to point our kids in the right direction and to encourage them and to support them. Bill, I know you've probably got some of those same stories. Well, I, I think about the number of times I've looked around a restaurant and there might be a table with six youth over there and all of them, instead of talking to each other on their phone, at times you'd go into a restaurant and look around and everybody, yeah, the, the parents and the kids are all on looking at their phone. But what really sticks to me is that we've got almost 40% of the kids in the United States right now living in a single family, single parent family. Well, if you're living in a single-parent family, you got half as much money as you could, which means that you're right above having money to really do things that are fun, and the parents out of the house an awful lot. Yeah. And our, our whole culture has stood itself on the head and gone in really strange directions. I mean, it's hard to even explain some things that are going in these days. Yep, we'll be back in a moment. Again, as it is a call-in show, 866-348-7884, Christian Car Guy Radio. You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com. And welcome back to Christian Car Guy Radio. I'm Jerry Mathis, Ray's Body Shop and Record Service in with Bill and Mark. And uh, one of the things was talking about our cars and stuff. I, I, as I'm sitting here, I'm thinking, you know, how many times 
listeners out there have just got in the car on a trip and said, okay, we're going to turn our cell phones off or at least mute them, and we're going to, you know, I know growing up, all these car games, uh, Punch Bug and all those, or you mm-hmm. just figure something that you're going to, if you see a house with a, a red house, who first one that could see it, or just playing games in the car, you know, really society, we have got to the point we talked about the, you know, spending time as a, as a family and using the car to be able to bring us together and just kind of turn everything else off. You know, we have got so fast paced, it's just hard to do that. And, and I think that's one of the things, you know, there's a lot of opportunities that we miss that doesn't cost much, as, as, as Bill said. You know, there's, there's a lot of things that we want to do with our kids that cost money. And sometimes it's hard to say, you know, I, I just really can't afford to do that. But there's so much stuff we can do that doesn't cost you any money. I mean, you can get in the car and go on a, a trip to Pilot Mountain and just look at the mountain, but spend that mm-hmm. time in there that doesn't cost you much money. Well, nowadays it does cost you a little bit because of the price my, of gas. My, last time I filled up my gas tank, but, <laughs> but it, right. it, it, it'll cost you some, mm-hmm. but it's not, not that awful much. Or just go two or three blocks away at a pond or something and just pull up there and just sit in the car and just talk and, and play games or, or something, just spend that time together. Right now on the phone, we have Chase calling in from Winston-Salem. I'm going to go ahead and get him on the air. Chase, good morning. Good morning, Mark. Mark, this is Chase White. How are you? Hey, how you doing, Chase? You doing okay? I'm good. I, I miss seeing you. Yeah, you too. I've missed seeing you. You still Are you still playing the piano? Yeah, still playing the piano, writing some songs. Well, great. But I just... just just wanted to say that uh, Pulliams has the most, they have the best hot dog and barbecue any place, any time. They are addictive, and uh, <laughs> I, I never ate 19, but I, I think I've eaten four at a time and two barbecues. That was about 20 years ago. There you go. Well, we can, we maybe we can put you out there on the front porch with your piano and let you sing you ain't nothing but a hot dog. <laughs> you, <laughs> hey, I'll write that. Hey. Need, need to rewrite that song. Hey. And, and, and miss, miss your wonderful sister, Gayla, and your dad, Big Ed. And uh, the, your, your place is always, you walk in, and you can just feel the love of the Lord Jesus Christ there. And I That's love right. my brother Mark very You're much. Exactly right. Man. Hey, before you get off, before we let you go, if you got a story you can tell about just a hey, time you spent that just sticks in your mind every time you think about Pulliams and think about Mark. Well, I can tell you the first time I went there, it was about 1982. Um, I think it was November of 1982. My dad and I had heard about Pulliams, and we went in and didn't know what to expect and got a, a couple of hot dogs and barbecue, and, and that barbecue was like, hmm, this is different. <laughs> and and by the time I finished it, I got another one, and I've been hooked ever since. It, uh, that Red Pig barbecue and that... Mark, will you give me the secret to the slaw on the oh, barbecue? Man, I have people do that all the time. <laughs> I even had a guy one time that come in there and, and kept asking me, do I put this, do I put that? So my wife's allergic to this. Can you do put I, I says, I can't tell you. I, what he was doing is trying to dr- dwindle down all the ingredients to where I'd, to to try to figure it out. But I have people all the time want nothing. But, I mean, the barbecue slaw is nothing but sauerkraut. But, it, no, we're not going. <laughs> we ain't giving that hot dog slaw away. <laughs> Secret formula. Well, yeah, it's uh, it's it's wonderful, and uh, it, it, 
thank you all for the show. Uh, really, mm-hmm. really appreciate it. God bless. God thank bless you. all three of you this morning. You thank too. you. Thank you. Thank you for calling in. See you soon, Mark. Okay, Chase. Good talking to you. Oh, Bill, I know we talked as I was, we were talking about the show a little bit before the show started, and you mentioned one thing that I think is also I don't know what the numbers look like, but Boy Scouts and there've been a. a one hundred and ten million youth in the United States that have gone through the Boy Scouts. And when I was in the Boy Scouts as a scout, it was at the heyday, and it's dwindled quite a bit since then. When um, I was in scouting, almost all of the scout troops were hooked up with churches, and the churches had complete and total control over who was leaders. And almost all the leaders either had a scout in or used to have a scout in. And then, you know, the left came along and demanded that anybody that wanted to be a leader had to be accepted. And that caused all kinds of problems that have reverberated through the system. But we still have a strong scouting program out there. I had a couple Cub Scout dens over the years. But to to be able to work with your your child and uh, introduce them to a bunch of other good Christian people, and then the Merit Badge program, it gave you a chance for the scouts to learn about 20 or 30 different careers and actually talk to people in those careers. Uh, You know, all the astronauts were Boy Scouts, Eagle Scouts. Almost all our generals were Eagle Scouts. Uh, A lot of the presidents were Eagle Scouts. That scouting, that camaraderie, that ability to be in a group that held up really strong values amongst themselves, did a great deal for our country. And now we're living in a society where 38% of the kids in the United States only have one parent. And it's uh, sad how we've drifted away from good, solid. We need to, as Christians, to be out there sharing our faith and bringing people into our church and setting up small groups in our home and doing things in our community or we're going to lose all these kids to the TV and to video games and their phones. Yeah, I think we... It kind of reminds me of a cartoon I saw years ago that was really... It's the truth when you think about it, but the kid's in there sitting on the sofa playing his video game. His mama walks through the house, looks at him, and says, why don't you go outside and play? So the next frame shows him sitting outside, looking in the window with the video pad in his hand, He's, play, he's still playing the video game, but he's outside there looking through the window playing it. So he thinks that's playing outside. Yeah, that's probably. <laughs> when I was coming up, my mother would say, okay, you've had your breakfast. Get out of the house. Don't come back until dark or dinner. <laughs> well, the street lights come on. Yeah. 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 When I was growing up, that was it. Yeah. Yep. You, you just you went out and enjoyed nature, enjoyed neighbors. Neighbors. That's right. And, you know, a retired captain and the uh, Florida State chess champion up the street who is, uh, they're both uh, retired. I had the opportunity to spend a lot of time with some really neat role models. But at the same time, your parents could feel safe about you playing out there, too. I mean, yes. not. Well, and that Not goes, kind of yeah, and that crazy. goes back a little bit. Uh, yeah. to, I'm gonna say with that, with the scouts and stuff, as Bill kind of mentioned it in in his comments. But it goes with at school and in organizations. It used to be a time when we grew up where our parents basically knew what an, an organization was and what it stood for and what they're teaching their kids and stuff. So it was really getting reinforced what you were hopefully teaching them at home. 
But anymore, that, that goes back to that responsibility as a parent. We need to make sure that we're involved and know what they're being taught because so much stuff has got so distorted and and and, and you, we just really don't know. I mean, it's, well, look what happened at Forsyth Tech last week. Yeah, uh, you you have a transgender male dressed up in a dress allowed on campus to lap dance with high school students. I mean, how far has our culture just drifted right off the edge? Yeah, and 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 just then I'm a. Put, put me a little bit on on the on the hot seat on this right here because of this question coming at you. I don't know how far you want to explain this, but you know, there's or, Christian organizations can't go into that school. Well, the Gideons have tried to pass out free Bibles on the sidewalk there, and have been run off for the last six years. It's uh, just amazing how different the administrations can become in just a short period of time. And now yeah. you can have us now the clubs they've got that satanic club in yeah. these schools where you can where they form satanic clubs. Yeah, it, it's frightening. That's what our kids are being exposed to, and that's what they're being taught is acceptable and it's acceptable behavior and acceptable. But you know what? We got to. As a Christian, we have to make sure that we stand on God's word, and that goes back to it. it. Also, we don't want to drag hate into any of it, so we have a responsibility to do it the way Christ tells us to do it through love. We need to love the individual, and as far as sin goes, we need to make sure that we stand firm on what sin is and call it out. But yet, we got to be able to do it in love, and that goes back to. As, as a parent, as a Christian, as a grandparent, or whatever it may be, we have to make sure that we're grounded. So many times the people that are, are, are doing the most shouting aren't grounded and don't really understand God's, you know, God's teaching on situations and, and how we should react to it, and that sort of does even more damage. So it's important that we make sure we get in God's Word and have, you know, uh, communion and, and, and a relationship with Jesus Christ for us to share it with the world and share it with our kids. And we need to roll up our sleeves and be in our community making a difference in the lives of others and introducing folks to Christ. Absolutely. Be back in a moment. You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com. Christian Car Guy Radio. Once again, it's a call-in show. If you got a few more minutes to get in your call for, let's know about how you use your car to brawl, to bring you closer to, to Jesus Christ and also a time to be able to connect with your kids. Again, the phone number is 866-348-7884. Before we get back into that, I just want to take just a moment to mention, as as Bill mentioned about the single parents and and the, the troubles they have, uh, you know, it, as a single parent, it is hard. I mean, you're, you're down on income, and a lot of people are in situations that are, are terrible. And, and I have noticed that a lot of single parents are the ones that have kids that have have disabilities and, and stuff. It's, the numbers are huge on that. Well, the reason I even bring that up is just the Jesus Labor of Love. That's just, just a great organization, a great ministry that happens through through Christian Car Guy Radio and through Robbie Dillmore, where it's able to— at least help get 
widows and single moms get cars back on the road and stuff. And also, we've been placing a lot of people in automobiles. So I just want to make mention, if you are sitting there this morning and you look out in your driveway and you have that car that you haven't drove in months and you're thinking, that's just an eyesore and I need to really get rid of that, hey, go on the website, Jesus Labor Love or Christian Car Guy Radio. You can see the link to that. Hey, we can find a home for that car. And also, if you just, you know, I don't want anyone to take away from their local churches, but if you're sitting there and you go, you know what, I got a few extra bucks, want to put it somewhere in ministry that'll make a difference, hey, we gave you the opportunity to do that. Go to the website and be able to to give because Bill has seen that enough over the years as I have, how God has really, man, blessed a lot of people through that ministry. We need yeah. to be inviting a lot of those single parents and their kids to our churches and support them. Yeah. And, What's a shame, too, of that is there's so many single parents out here, too, that they can't handle it so that their, you know, grandparents are raising the young. And yeah. I see a lot of that coming in quite a bit. Yeah. And, and you know, and there's, there's a ton of families that are, our kids are raised. My daughter's a teacher in, in Davie County, and it's uh, the kids that come up, how many that are raised by their parents grandparents is, is kind of staggering whenever she'll go through a roster and it'll be a ton of them will be just grandparents are raising them now. Yeah. So. Also, we have Steve calling in. If you'll, uh, uh, Steve, uh, how are you doing this morning? Um, we're just getting out of BSF leaders meeting and I had a question for you because I tried to catch up with Stu to get Robbie's number and I know he's out right now. So the, I had one of my brothers call me up and he's got a lady that he works with, recently divorced, and I don't know if this is on the, the legit or not. He's got a BMW SUV, and they're trying to tell her it's $15,000 to change out the headlights. So, I didn't know that sounded a little bit of you know, over-the-top speed. I will tell you now, without even knowing the circumstances, uh, get another opinion because, yeah, if, it's, if, it's, if that's the dollar amount you're talking about, yeah, that's... Look, wow. I've changed my own <laughs> headlight with the... Going online, figuring out how you probably can do it for. Her. Sounds like to me the guy. Well, I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd be glad to. Yeah, I'd be glad to do whatever is the case to help out. But again, it's a BMW SUV. So where's the first place that I start to help my brother out? Hey, I mean, I, you know, it's it's some. Just, just, I'm tell you what, Google is your friend on that stuff, and uh, and I will say, I mean, some of those headlights is. HID lights can be expensive, so it's not unusual for it to just be the bulb. That's, yeah. But we're only talking about $100, $200 for most of those bulbs. So, uh, yeah, you're well, still way aftermarket up. parts that would yeah. work just fine, too. Yeah. It's well, a shame that some of them, too, question. is a bumper you have Is that got to be where that is the OEM, or can you get an aftermarket BMW? Because they were telling her, and it made sense, that you had transformers on each one of the lights, and that the whole front had to be taken off. And I know that's similar in one of my vehicles that we had to do something crazy like that. So where would I go to get best place to get the parts at? I would again. I would go online, or you can just just. I think they're going to be available online. And yeah, I mean, I do this every day, or have guys do it every day. Some some of these vehicles you do have to disassemble front bumpers to get the headlights out, which is absolutely crazy. Well, sometimes you can just pop the light out without taking out the entire headlight. Yeah, if it's just well, the bulb. Well, that's the problem here. I believe that I believe she was told the truth by the BMW, whoever it was the dealer or whoever it was. I believe with that one, you probably like ours have to take the front end off. 
but the, the key element whoa, was that we were told by some other folks that, that the, the bulbs themselves are crazy expensive. So is it an OEM only, or can you get it aftermarket? Aftermarket. You can get it aftermarket. I'm, I'm pretty okay, confident cool. you can get it aftermarket. And I don't know the your model or anything like that, but, yeah, I mean, we like I say, we do it every day. So If you're here in town, I'd go over to Mock Tire on Country Club. The car guy. Who in, who in Raleigh can you recommend uh, us to go to? I do. Or first, do you have somebody that you recommend? Uh, in Raleigh, I'm – I'm trying to think. We do have an affiliate in Raleigh. If you'll pull up Jesus Labor of Love, you'll see a list of centers that are car care centers that are are on that list. And I know there's at least one, maybe two, in Raleigh area. That's where I would start. And tell them that you that that she listens to uh, Christian Car Guy Radio and got her name got the name from. Jesus Labor of Love website, and I'm sure they'll take care of it because it's if that, the number you're saying is just way off base as far as the dollar amount. Well, and I don't know because she's a single woman, and she, she you know, like a lot of single women, going in and telling somebody, somebody in that, and I hate to throw anybody under the bus, but going in and telling somebody that you're a single divorced lady or whatever, and you don't know what's going on, that's not a real good sign if somebody's not Jesus centered. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And and now uh, this is something I've always said, and I've and with Bill sitting here because I say it about insurance agents. I say it about service centers. Is the fact that you don't want to just randomly go. You're better off having go into somebody you have a relationship with. So I don't care if it's a body right, shop exactly. or or mechanical or towing. We're in the body shop business. We're in the towing business that raise, and we have people stop in all the time who just want to just stop in so that they can get a feel of who we are and pick up a card so they put it in their glove box for their kids or their wife or whatever. But it's just good to have that relationship and probably a good place to start for her would be see if there's a service center in Raleigh area. And I think there is. If not, just go to somebody, go to a, a, a Napa store and ask who does a really good job. They will tell you who that they sell to that does a really good job and has good relationship with, uh, with the community and people in the community, the neighborhood, and just start using using that. And it'll be, I encourage anybody to make sure you build those relationships with a tire store, an insurance agent. Well, uh, you could also email Robbie. If you will go on the um, Christian Car Guy website, just email Robbie, and he'll be glad to respond to you. Yep. Oh, 100%. Yeah, we have some mutual friends. The last thing is, I just want to share with you guys the... <laughs> What y'all do in the community is, is, is awesome, and we thank you so much for it. No, thank you, and thank you for listening. Thank you for calling in this morning. Thank you, sir. All right, thank you. Well, again, just sort of the last thought. What is a way that you can use? I'm going to throw it over here to, to Bill and also to Mark. Use your car as a ministry tool and use your car to draw you closer to Jesus Christ. Well, there are a lot of single parents that are in a real difficult situation. I was with a friend just the other day, and uh, somebody called up and said, you know, her son had pink eye, and she had work to do. I mean, the churches can provide some after-day care that reach out and touch a whole lot of single parents. So if I had a church and was looking to add new members, I'd get three or four members to open up a, a, a babysitting one night a week. Just for single parents. Okay, Mark, last word. Well, I was just going to say real quickly, one thing that brings me to mind is thing that I know it's hard to do a lot of times, but with a road rage. Kindly, if, if somebody wants it, 
if somebody pulls out in front of you or whatever, don't get so slow so, down. <laughs> yeah, I mean slow down and whatnot. And if you get pull up beside them, don't then be giving them. You're a Christian even when you're driving. That's right. (laughs) And you just, you know, just instead of that, if you pull upside of them, just say Jesus loves you. Absolutely. Don't don't get in all this road rage stuff and cause a, because this day and time, you might get killed over it. Yep. Hey, use your cars. Get closer to your kids. Make sure you know what they're doing. This is the Truth Network.